Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. It's a great time to live in Mississippi, and we're talking about it. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show from the Citizens Bank Studio. We're thrilled to be here as we're all sort of tackling the new year together. And uh, and tackle it, we will. Uh, In fact, it's really interesting to see as we continue to celebrate the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. We're continuing to see so many great leaders. And one of the things I posted about is I got prepared for what's where my goal is going to be for 2024. One of the things I want to do is I want to d- dig even deeper to tell the stories of people who are working in the trenches to really make a difference in coastal Mississippi, people we would not normally know about. And uh, it's going to be up to you as listeners and uh, those of you working in the community. Let me know who those people are. And uh, Kyle and Cammie and I will make sure that we we uh, bring attention to them, and have conversations about their commitment so that we can all learn from them and hold them up as examples for all of us to uh, to give back to our community. The one thing that makes coastal Mississippi such a thriving region is that we have so many people who are willing to give their time and energy to make for a better community. Hey, listen, uh, I wanted to share a couple of quotes that got posted, and then we'll go to our first guest today, or our guest. We actually have one guest today that we're going to spend the whole show with. But um, this one actually hit me, and I I think it will hit you too, and it really speaks to the kind of contemplation that we're all going through. And uh, here's uh, this is something someone posted. I don't know who said it, but any of us could have said it. And here's what here's what the quote says: "I lost myself trying to please everyone else. Now I'm losing everyone while I'm finding myself." You know, at the beginning of the year, I think a lot of people reflect about the people who they surround themselves with. Are they negative? Uh, do they do they help you raise your bar? Do they help you kind of make your game better, or do they tear you down? And who's positive? Who who helps build you up, and um, you know provide for you uh, the kind of reflection that we all should be doing when we think you know about living in the moment? We're proud to have that person with us. But I think a lot of people are doing that right now. I think it it you know we're we're the sum total of the people that we choose to be around. Something to really think about and contemplate uh, as we enter 2024. And the other one is from Mary Tyler Moore. And uh, you, most of us remember Mary Tyler Moore, the uh, actress. She was born back in January of 1936. Boy, does time fly. But she once said this, pain nourishes courage. You can't be brave if you've only had wonderful things happen to you. I, I think, this, you know what, that's, that, I often say this, there's a powerful lubrication to change that comes from pain. That pain causes us to want to change. And you know what? If you think about pain, nourishing, courage, all of us here in coastal Mississippi that were here uh, around Hurricane Katrina knows what it looks like to have courage in the face of pain. And um, and I think Mary Tyler Moore is very right. I think one organization that really understands that, that's, that's constantly thinking about where are the pain points in coastal Mississippi regionally that we can address and focus on and get them out of the way so that we can 
make sure that the trajectory going forward is nothing but positive so that we can continue to be the economic engine for Mississippi that we are because we are the single biggest economic engine for Mississippi is my friend Jamie Miller, who's the CEO of the Gulf Coast Business Council. And we're going to be having it for the whole show today. But anyway, let me start by just saying Happy New Year to you, my friend. Yeah, Happy New Year to you. So I'm assuming you're sitting in your office at uh, the Knight Center? I am. I am. First time I've been back uh, for a few days. You know, I took a few days off of the new year and, and over Christmas. So, um, yeah, it's nice to be back, jump back into, you know, a routine, uh, watch a lot of football, you know, had a lot of good conversations with friends and family. But, yeah, ready to, to jump back in it and uh, get ready for 2024. And I can get ready for it. We're in it. So we're here. Yeah, we are here Here in the legislative session started yesterday because this is planned on Wednesday. And we by now have a new speaker and, uh, you know, things are progressing rapidly. We'll talk a little bit more about that here, actually here in just a second. But, you know, Jamie, I know you well. We've worked together over a long uh, series of, you know, community activities together, both here and in Alabama. And what I know of you is that you you really, like I do, focus a lot on balancing the work that you do in the community, the work that you do at the Business Council with family. And I, I have to tell you, man, this this has been a terrific you know, holiday for me personally, you know, the opportunity, my son, Justin was in town for a couple of weeks uh, from New York city and his girlfriend actually joined us for a week as well and had all the grandkids at the house. And man, I, you know, when you, I often say this, but I do live in the moment, man, I plan for the future. I don't worry at all about yesterday. I do count my blessings every single day. And you're the same kind of guy when it comes to family, you know, that that's number one in your life, isn't it? It certainly is. Or I would say it has been the last maybe decade or so. You know, when you're younger, I think your career takes on a prominent role, sometimes too prominent. And uh, you, I had wonderful uh, family supporting me along the way. But I tell you, as you as your season of life change, you start to see the real value in your life and how you're pouring yourself out in your family. And uh, so, yeah, more now than ever, probably, I, I, I want to make sure that, that family remains first, but, uh, but still really excited, encouraged about the work I get to do in this role as the president of the business council. So it's, uh, I'm like you, I had a great uh, holiday with friends and family and, you know, recharged a bit for the, for the, this year ahead of us. You know, one of the things I think happens as we get older, I, I can't help but think about George Logan, and I had the pleasure, God, I was honored to have a conversation with a long, you know, you know, show, a full show with George, not long before he passed away unexpectedly, the way that he did. But um, but along the way, I asked him, I said, you know, how do you how do you want to be remembered? And he said, I don't want to be remembered. And he was serious about that. He said, I just want the things that we're working on to continue. So that, you know, if I had a role in putting things in place that bring people back to the community, then, you know, that would that would be great. But, you know, he wanted to be a great father and grandfather. At the end of the day, our legacy probably first is our family and, you know, the kind of values we leave behind in our family. And then probably second, it's, you know, the work we do in the community to help efforts. And maybe, as George pointed out, whether his name's attached to the effort or not, if those efforts continue and if he had a role in that, that's great. So as we get older, we realize that, you know, that's that's really what we're up to, isn't it? It is. And I, George was a great reminder of that. You know, I, I saw that same quote. I heard you say that, you know, that George was not, uh, it wasn't about him. And, and it, it, you know, it, it's easy for 
people that are in those roles, their leading efforts, initiatives. Uh, but I think when you get to know someone like George and you have an honest conversation with him, George was not trying to build his legacy. It, it was not ultimately about George Slogel's name living on as much as it was him pouring himself into other people, into the community. Uh, and those are the things that will outlive everybody and family included. But uh, I, I think it's a characteristic or an attribute that leaders need to, if they're not already uh, thinking of, it's uh, if you're just out there trying to build your legacy, then that's probably going to be very limited. Uh, but if you're truly out there trying to build and pour yourself into other uh, meaningful things, th those are the things that live on. Well, what I've came, what I, what I've come to appreciate is that when we do go on, you know, move on, <laughs> when we go to meet our maker, <clears throat> the la the lights are not going to blink. <laughs> Life's going to go on, yeah. and that's just the reality of living. And I think you know, working as hard as we can to make as big an impact as we can. And what's what's awesome, you know, I think about you coming back to the coast, Jamie, after having been in all these different roles that have served you well. I think prepared you well to be the CEO of the Business Council. It's amazing to me, actually, that November. I think I remember this correct. November 2022 is when you came here. So it's been a little over a year. I mean, it's amazing how fast time flies, really. But, um, but you know, you, you've had, you came back into an organization with incredible leadership. I mean, the dedication from, from the CEOs and others that you're involved with, that's got to be inspiring to you. That, that keeps you going, doesn't it? Yeah, it was one of the main reasons that I uh, took the job was because, you know, William Gates at the time was chairman and, and we sat down a few times. And then as I interviewed with some of the other executive committee members, people like Jerry St. Pay, Kerry Wilkinson, uh, Roy Anderson. I mean, it's it's a who's who of, of uh, CEOs on the coast. Uh, they really wanted to make sure I was the right fit for the organization. And I wanted to make sure I was the right fit for to, to be here at this time. Uh, and so through those series of conversations and, and some encouragement and honest talk about, you know, things, uh, it, it, it just it was so clear that this was the right place for me to be at the right time. And so but that was all a part of their uh, leadership and understanding what the right person should be or who that person could be. So, yeah, fit fits fits hugely important, actually, we in all the organizations that I led. I was first focused on, is this person a good fit for the organization? They bring something that's going to help move us forward and and not be disruptive in, the, in their approach. So style and, you know, you know, values, all those things are really important. I knew you were going to be a great fit because I had worked with you before. But I think you did a great job of evaluating that just to be sure. And yeah. and now you've been in the role for over a year now. I mean, do, does it blow your mind to think that it's been that quick? It, it went by really fast. Um, and, you know, when I got here in November, I knew we were looking right into the legislative session. I, I knew we had to kind of pull some strings together to, to get an agenda together. So uh, the good news is that the job is, is to me, it's challenging and, and uh, fun. So uh, it, the time does fly by. You've done a great job of developing partnerships, of focusing on initiatives. The legislative work has been terrific. We're going to come back and talk about all those things when we come back and continue our conversation with the CEO of the Gulf Coast Business Council, Jamie Miller. We'll see you after this break.
passion and love for Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show from the Citizens Bank Studio. Thrilled to have them as a major sponsor of my show, and they're doing great work in the community. I have my friend, the CEO of the Gulf Coast Business Council, Jamie Miller, and we're reflecting a little bit on the past year. We'll continue to do that here in just a second. It was interesting, Jamie, as you point out, when you joined the organization, uh, it wasn't long after you, you joined the organization that you, you were you had to be very focused on the legislative session, and to remind people, um, you you had previous experience in that regard. So you 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 were able to bring that experience to the Gulf Coast Business Council. You didn't have to. You already knew who leadership was. You knew committee chairman. You had experience with them. Man, that was hugely beneficial. Can you imagine if someone had come in from the outside trying to figure that out? Yeah, in many ways, the timing was really good because it was it was something that was important for the council to be engaged in. It was something I was familiar with. Um, and so you're right. Uh, I've spent at least the last 10 or 12 years uh, somewhat involved in the legislative process as the director of the Department of Marine Resources. And then when I went to NBA, I was uh, over legislative and government affairs. And so I was in the Capitol a lot, certainly during the session. And then meeting and you know having conversations with leadership and so that that was a significant um, uh, help to me in this role as I went into the session. Uh, now, look, there were there were many relationships, frankly, coast delegation relationships that that I needed to work on. You know, there was um, you, you know our delegation. We want to make sure that our delegation is informed about what the business council and business and industry are, are up to. Uh, but it takes time to, to build those relationships. And, uh, and I spent, I think the business council and myself spent quite a bit of time last year during the session and afterwards trying to uh, make sure we were, we were uh, being used as a resource for them, but also informing them on issues that were important. Well, I think, you know, what, I mean, I know the history very well. <clears throat> Again, I was there during the formative days and have watched it carefully over all these years that, it's natural, actually, for an organization like the Gulf Coast Business Council, a really important regional business organization that involves major CEO, major employers. They have the they have the resources, they have the employees, they have the leadership uh, muscle to be able to tackle big issues. It's natural, actually, to have a bit of a rub. Yeah. between what your initiatives might be at the Gulf Coast Business Council and what individual legislators, you know, initiatives might be. You, it's just natural. So the goal is to try to create alignment. You know, I know, and again, we're not doing an analysis of this now, but I, I, I just know from experience that there are some people that never really, really appreciated the role that the Business Council played. And I think, you know, what you, what you got to do starting into a role like this, you got to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do the best I can to make sure I sort of recalibrate how they see this organization and what we're attempting to do. What we're attempting to do is push this region in a way that enables us to grow, that focuses on the quality of life, all the things that you guys are focused on. And I think, you know, taking that approach, you're going to win 90 plus percent of them over, you know, and you may you may win some over that you think you have that you don't really have and others that you don't think you have that you really have. That's why it's important to communicate. You just got to communicate a lot, don't you? 
I think that's key. Um, you're right. I, even among the business council, we have a it's a diverse group of business and industry. I mean, uh, some issues are more important than others to our organization. And then you've got individual committee chairmen and representatives from different parts of the coast that that our issues are important to them. I, you know, I take the view of a long game. I mean, you know, uh, we're going to press and, and communicate on things we think are important, uh, but. I think Trent Lott or maybe somebody in his or, you know, that group used to say there's always another vote that has to be taken. You can't, you know, you, you got to be careful about the bridges you burn or the relationships that you, you fracture because there's always going to be another vote. And I, in my role, I ultimately, I believe my responsibility is to have that open line of communication uh, to share good news and bad news and to, you know, take that as information about how the organization should move forward. Um, but overwhelmingly, the legislature and our coastal delegation, I, I think, were very receptive to our our um, things that we were supporting last year. And, and when they couldn't support it, they were very honest. And I, and I thought that more than anything was a, was a plus. I think it was. And you think about Speaker White and you think about, man, a, a new pro tem and, and uh, Manley Barton representing coastal Mississippi. Man, that's a big win for us, isn't it? I think the coach takes it for granted what a real, uh, I don't call it an advantage, but we have a real strong delegation when you think of, uh, at least previously, this could change during this session, but we know mainly is going to be uh, Speaker Pro Tem. Uh, we've got the current gaming chair in the House, the current chair of education in the House. Uh, Hank Zuber's led a great role with insurance. Uh, in the Senate, we've got leaders that have been there for quite a long time. But we've got a mature Senate delegation and a very strong House delegation. And, we, and we've added some really, I think, are going to be really up-and-comers uh, in the House as well. So I don't ever want to take that for granted, um, but we, we need to communicate and use that effectively, obviously. Yeah, think about, I mean, there's so many we could talk about, but you guys actually gave special recognition to John Reed. And, you know, to have, I mean, to have that kind of leadership from coastal Mississippi, we're just lucky, aren't we? We're fortunate. I, you know, we're probably lucky. And we're also, I think it speaks to to the credibility the coast has and those leaders have in, the, in their respective chambers. Uh, it won't always be that way, as we know in our federal delegation. I mean, some of that, that power and influence ebbs and flows. Uh, but I think right now the coast is positioned very well with, with a good group of, of, uh, of House and Senate members. I, th I think one of the one of the more positive developments that you have been involved in is is finding ways to partner with other statewide organizations, whether it be the Mississippi Economic Development Council, Mississippi Economic Council, the Mississippi Manufacturing Association. I mean, there's a long list that you've worked with, but I mean, the strength comes in numbers, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it goes back to some previous relationships at MDA. Those were key partners of the, that organization. So Scott Waller, John McKay, uh, and BIPEC uh, uh, is another one, the B Business and Industry Political Education Committee with Derek Easley. Uh, we joined BIPEC, and one of the reasons that was important, uh, you know, BIPEC meets each week of the legislative session uh, with all the registered lobbyists, all the registered associations, any issue that's that's happening in the Capitol gets discussed on Monday morning before the session starts for that week. 
it was an incredible resource for us uh, to, to be available in those rooms. And then the speakers that come to those meetings are the leadership of House and Senate. And so uh, that was a great partnership that we formed and, and paid some dividends. And then, you know, uh, we're much aligned with the same issues as, as MEC and MMA. And so it just made sense for us to be a, a part of that, but uh, not just a member, but a participating kind of active partner with them. And so that was, that was also a plus. So many, so many positives, you know, it's a, at the end of the day, the, the region of coastal Mississippi, unless you're willing to really dive in, you can't really appreciate how complex it is when you think about the federal installations that are here. You know, every time I talk with Fofo Gillage, as, as you well know, the mayor of Biloxi, um, our conversation inevitably drifts off into a conversation about Keesler and how important Keesler is to Biloxi, how important it is to the region, how important it is to the state of Mississippi. But obviously, it's not just Keesler. It's, you know, you think about Stennis Space Center and the CB base and the Coast Guard presence and all of the federal installations. And then, of course, the bookends that you and I talk about all the time with Chevron and Stennis, uh, with Chevron and Ingalls on one end and Stennis and the blue chip industries that are part of it on the other and hospitality. Wow. I mean, it's a complex, complicated economic region, isn't it? It is. And uh, I think we, we like to measure ourselves against other parts of the state and other regions as we should. Uh, but I think we too often take it for granted. Uh, the number of employees at Chevron and, and Ingalls alone is, is multiple factor of Nissan and Toyota or other you know, large manufacturers in the state. And those industries just don't run on their own. I mean, there's incredible work that has to go into those uh, contracts that Ingalls has to win at the Navy. Uh, Chevron continues to be uh, among their corporate infrastructure, you know, that they've had expansions. Uh, I mean, it, it's just, it, it goes uh, unnoticed sometimes when incredible work happens in those mature industries. Now on the other side, you know, like Stennis Space Center, where we're recruiting new space companies, you know, the space industry changed so much from this kind of government NASA centered space flight now to a commercialized private uh, space uh, industry. Uh, like Relativity Space has made huge investments at Stennis uh, and others to come. Uh, you know, Bill Cork, uh, we, we talked about before, you know, he, he's from Hancock County, uh, understands that part of the state and is, is doing some incredible work to recruit more companies. Hey, when we come back, we'll uh, continue this conversation about why Coastal Mississippi is such a strong economic engine for uh, the state of Mississippi. And then we'll speak specifically about some of the things that the business council is doing sort of move the ball forward. What are their goals for, for the coming year and, and beyond? And this legislative session is in particular because we have new, new leadership coming in and the dynamics are going to be different. We'll get his thoughts about that when we come back with Jamie Miller from the Gulf Coast Business Council. See you after this. and love for Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. 
Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show from the Citizens Bank Studio. I have my friend Jamie Miller, who's the CEO of the Gulf Coast Business Council. I do mean friend because Jamie and I actually have worked together in a community through so many iterations of our lives. And um, I know him to be really a committed, community-focused leader. And it's, uh, it's fun to stay in touch with him as we both try to bring attention to the kind of things that need to be done or are being done, you know, celebrate some successes along the way. When we went to break there, we were talking about the complexities of this region we call coastal Mississippi. It's very complex. And I can't help but think about in the first week of doing what was the previous iteration of this show, the Coast View, I wanted to make sure that I've talked to what I refer to as the stalwart leader. So, I mean, it had, of course, Haley Barber own and Roland Weeks and George Slogan, Jerry St. Pay and others. Um, so many important leaders. I, I, I'll never forget in that first meeting, and I've, I've really emphasized this many times, and you and I have chatted about it many times, but I think it's worthy of bringing back up again just because some people may be hearing us for the first time. Some people may need, need just to be reminded about this. But to, you know, Jerry, and, and the beauty of having Jerry involved in your board is I, ca I can't overemphasize how important that is. But Jerry St. Pay, the former CEO of Angles and just longtime community leader and still in his 80s working hard in the community to help build a better place. Jerry urged us to not get complacent that you talked about all those employees at Ingalls and Chevron. And then we think about, again, the blue chip industries that are part of Stennis. It's easy are the gaming employees, for goodness sakes, and and the number of hospitality jobs, indirect jobs that connected to that. It's easy to to want to sort of take that for granted. But we can't. You know, here is Chevron, the most strategically important um, refinery in the U.S. that they continue, as you point out, to invest in. We can't overstate how important Chevron is to the nation, and much less coastal Mississippi and the state of Mississippi. Ingalls, I mean, they're not going to be building other you know shipbuilding facilities. Ingalls has found its place, and when you look at the leadership of Carrie Wilkinson and her team, who serves on your board, incidentally. Um, Gosh, man, every, we should be doing everything we can do to help move those goals, not only of Ingalls, but of Chevron and the supporting industries that support them to the next level. I could go on about Stennis and aerospace and, you know, the blue economy. Um, man, we can't take any of it for granted, mm -hmm. can we, my friend? No, we, we can't. And uh, what, one thing that I've maybe the last few years, certainly in the last decade, is I've been in different roles. Um, it's hard to know <clears throat> what next steps to take if, if you don't know where you're at. Uh, and that boils down to information and data to me. And so, you know, whether it be manufacturing or gaming or information technology or, or the space industry, aerospace, you know, one thing that we started last year that the Business Council has been so good about that I, I really want to improve on this year is just data availability. Uh, you know, you don't know if you're lagging or you're in head unless you've got consistent data. Uh, and the data's out there, but I, I want to make sure moving forward that the Business Council is a resource of, of capturing that data, uh, putting it in a way that then can communicate a message because, uh, you know, t too long, I mean, you can kind of go about your business uh, without knowing what the realities are, and then it's too late. And so 
I think the business council, one of the roles, I mean, advocacy is a big part of our role, but you, you can't have advocacy without good data, without good information. Uh, and then, you know, even when you have the information, you've got to go meet and build relationships with people that may be interpreting that data a different way. And so uh, I would say as it relates to our complacency or our future, I think one key element that the business council needs to continue to feel and, and improve on, and frankly, in my opinion, uh, is data availability. That, uh, so that's Jamie, I think you're right. Yeah. I think I think you're right. I think that you can't go to where you want to go if you don't know where you are now. And yeah. and we know what gets measured gets done. It just right. does. And the thing, the way to sort of manage complacency is to find out for sure what the measures of success look like. Yeah. And if you're underperforming, you just got to be honest about it. We're underperforming in this area or this metric or or this comparison to other communities. And if we don't fix this, this is going to be a problem for us in the future. Every community's got those to deal with. Right. It seems to me maybe, you know, strengthening um, some possibility with the University of Southern Mississippi might be a way to get that data. I don't know. You know, I know it's hard. It comes from so many different sources. It's not easy to, to gather it into the benchmark that you're looking at. And you want to be able to create a scorecard that's easy to read, knowing that the data behind it is coming from a bunch of different sources, you know. Um, speaking of Southern Mississippi, I, I want to commend the Business Council for hosting that terrific meeting with Do Dr. Joe Paul. I mean, it was a virtual who's who of the entire region there to welcome him. And the commitment that, Coast, that uh, Southern Miss continues to have to Coastal Mississippi is very significant. And you can see that Joe Paul is very, very focused on doing what he needs to do to strengthen the, the university's role here. And... Uh, you guys know that, don't you? Yeah, Joe Paul obviously has a long history with the university. Even when I was at school there in the mid-90s, Joe Paul was there. And uh, so I think him being named president, I was a big supporter of that. I'm glad it happened. Uh, and Joe Paul brings a, a very serious approach to what he believes needs to happen on the coast because uh, he's, he's seen the value uh, in the opportunities on the coast. Now, it's a tricky thing. I, I don't, you know, don't want to make... Uh, uh, he's going to work hard at it, and frankly, the business community is going to have to help him get some of those things done. Uh, but that reception we hosted, where he was able to speak and kind of lay out his vision, uh, was, as you said, well attended. There's great support and, and, and uh, interest in our four-year university, uh, especially Southern Miss on the coast. And so I, I look forward to continuing that partnership and staying in, in touch with Dr. Paul because I, you know, he, he impressed upon me that night in other conversations. He's very serious about bringing uh, or making the most of the opportunities on the coast. Yeah, he looks at his metrics and he sees that the student enrollment has not grown the way that you would expect it to. And I remember back in, I led an organization called Students for Higher Education on the Coast when I was at Southern Miss and was pushing from a student's point of view, the, the notion of having four-year university on the coast. You know, if, we, if it's Southern Miss, that's great, but we really were focused on that. And during that effort, I got a chance to spend some time with, uh, at, I think, a UNO or Tulane uh, president. And one of the things that he said to me was that, that universities follow where the population is. You know, he said it'd be interesting to watch how that plays out in Mississippi, but it's, it's amazing to him that we didn't have this, 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 the kind of thriving four-year university on the coast that, that we should have. 
it's taken a long time. You know, we had to go through legislative changes and, you know, budget cuts at Southern Miss makes it hard. And, you know, you know, you know, protecting the, the mothership is something that, that comes into fruition often. Um, Joe, Joe Paul has been, been around through all of that history. He knows it well. And uh, I think he's, he's well positioned to say, you know, we've got to do better. We've got to grow our population of students here on, in, on, in coastal Mississippi, and we're going to do what it takes to get there. And it is going to take the business community working closely with him to achieve that goal. But, uh, but I'm excited about that. And it was great to see that you guys hosted that meeting. You know, I think another incredible development, something you and I have talked about many times, something we talked about during the infancy of, of the business council was the formation of a PAC. Because you know we we want to attract leaders into political positions that don't see the job necessarily as a promotion in life. We want people who want to give back and who's going to do their homework and et cetera. And you've got a pack now that can really support candidates and efforts that uh, are going to make a difference. And it's been well received, hasn't it? It has. You know, one of the things the executive committee communicated to me in some of the interviews was was my thoughts about a pack and you know what that would look like. And uh, I, I was supportive of it. But it but it is uh, there is a lot of conversation about what what is the intent of the pack? Is it to support incumbents? Is it to, you know, challenge incumbents? You know, there's a lot of uh, different ways to, to take um, a, a direction of the pack. Uh, but yeah, I think we were very successful. We got the pack off the ground early in the year. We raised enough money to make contributions to those candidates uh, that were running for office that we we wanted to support. Uh, we formed a pack board with a lot of really good members on the board. Uh, it created a lot of what I think are healthy discussions about moving forward and, and, and how we can leverage the pack uh, in future elections. And so. Uh, this this is the first year to have the pack. I think it was successful, but I think in the future, I mean, even looking four years from now, we're going to reelect new governor, new lieutenant governor. A lot of people are going to be in different slots, and so uh, the intent is to build that war chest and that pack so that when that next election cycle comes around, we'll have some real uh, ability to to get in conversations and influence some of the, the people that maybe not the people but but have a have a dialogue with those who are going to be running for those offices and then support the ones that that, that are going to be good for coast mississippi and mississippi yeah when i was meeting with uh on this show with frank bordeaux who's chairman of the republican party you know him well he said he doesn't look forward to that next cycle because the bench is so strong yeah. And it's, it's going to be tough. But, you know, that's part of the process. Democracy in action and great leadership emerges from that usually. Hey, when we come back on the other side, we'll continue our conversation in the last segment of our show today with Jamie Miller. And we'll talk about Bill Cork, actually, from Hancock County uh, Port and Development Commission. And now, actually, is head of MDA. We'll talk about that. Jamie used to work with him. That's actually good for Coastal Mississippi. We'll see you after this break. to more of the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show from the Citizens Bank Studio. We have my friend, the CEO of the Gulf Coast Business Council, 
Jamie Miller. I think it's important to have these conversations, Jamie, because we're educating people who don't really understand what the Business Council is all about. We're, we're re-educating people who may have forgotten, and we're reminding people why you have to have a strong regional business organization that has the heads of these companies involved. I mean, it's great to have number twos and number threes involved, and, and in many cases, they are involved. But with the CEO, the person making the decisions at the top involved in the Gulf Coast Business Council, it makes a huge difference, doesn't it? It does. I mean, th those decision makers at, at the top of their industry, you know, th there's no um, when they can make a decision in our executive committee or they make a decision for their industry. I mean, it, there, there's not another decision to be made. And so in just terms of efficiency and time, it's 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 great. Uh, and I've learned a lot. I mean, you know, they they our executive committee meetings last about an hour. Uh, I try to bring things to that agenda that, that they'll comment on or vote on. Uh, but, you know, they are they work at such a high level, you know, they are uh, great decision makers and they're not they're, they don't hesitate to, to give good comments. And so I, I benefited from that and the coast benefits from it. Yeah. Yeah. They are there. I mean, it's rare. Actually, it's actually rare for a community our size to have access to some of the leaders that we have access to, like the Kerry Wilkinson's and the. Yeah. Uh, you know, John Hairston's, et cetera. I mean, just in incredible leaders. Uh, we mentioned Bill Cork before we went to uh, break, formerly head of economic development in Hancock County, went to the MDA, has been working in MDA. Jamie actually used to work with Bill at MDA, was recently named by Governor Tate Reeves to be the, the, the executive director of MDA uh, because of his familiarity, as you pointed out a few minutes ago, of, with the, with, uh, about the coast. Uh, you know, that creates a real opportunity for us, doesn't it? It does. I was fortunate enough to, to work with Bill at MBA. I got there a few years before he, he was recruited uh, under the Reeves administration. Uh, I, I can, without question, without hesitation, say that, that Bill is the, the most professional uh, economic development person I've ever been around in terms of just breaking deals down, uh, putting deals together, communicating the more uh, nuances, uh, finance nuance of, of how a deal works. And he's he was already familiar with the state's in, uh, incentives uh, programs because he was at the Port and Harbor Commission. Uh, he's you know, done this for, for quite a long time. So uh, and he was named at uh, when he came to MDA, he was the chief economic development officer. So that's how he spent all his time with project managers, informing the governor, sitting with the governor, going through deals. Um, and so this role into that uh, executive director position, I, he's not going to be challenged at all, I think, with the, the pure economic development side of, of what he already knows. Uh, I think he now will take on some of the more political aspects of the role where you're, you're dealing with the legislature more, you're dealing with other entities, because uh, MDA just doesn't do economic development. They're doing community development. They've got uh, a host of programs that, that flow through that agency. And so uh, he'll put the right team together. I'm confident of that. He's a Marine. He always has a plan. I've never been in a meeting with a bill where he didn't, he didn't have a plan to, uh, how to move forward. And so uh, I look forward to working with him in the future. And the fact that he spent so much time on the coast, it's just, uh, it, we're very fortunate to have him. Well, at the end of the day, what MDA has to do and what they do, and they do it well, and you were there to see it, is uh, support local economic development efforts. We're, we're, we're really lucky to have local economic development leaders and boards all across the state that are focused on moving the ball forward. And we've got a governor, Governor Reeves, 
Man, you can say what you want to say about anything about him, but no one will ever say about him that he's not focused on economic development. I mean, the truth is he understands that um, that that the way to grow this state is is create jobs and man I mean there's a lot of proof in that pudding and, you know I'm excited about Jason White the new speaker um, Jamie I, I think that we're going to have conversations about things in the past maybe some leaders were dug in about certain issues and we didn't get there I think we're going to have a good healthy debate about about the healthcare system in Mississippi and the role that Medicaid or expansion or some form of that could play. I think we're going to have a debate and a discussion about it. I think we, we you know, the, the, the whole no, notion of the ballot referendum process is something we're going to talk about again. Um, school choice and efforts around how do we improve education in the state. I get the impression that whether it be Delbert Hoseman or, or the governor or the new speaker, we're going to have serious conversations in this state about solving important problems like maybe we haven't had in a long time. So I'm excited about it. Excitement is a word that could be used. It, it, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting session because we're in the four-month session. I, you know, I'm just based on tradition and observation. The first month in January, there's not going to be a ton of work that gets done. Uh, they'll name committee assignments will be made. Um, they'll start preparing uh, things. But, you know, the first year before your term typically is when some of the larger issues can get tackled because you're further away from the politics of having to get reelected. And so I think you're right. Lieutenant Governor and Jason are going to, uh, from what I'm hearing, they're going to take on these big issues. And, and not that everything will get resolved this year, but there's going to be a lot of serious debate and argument uh, about how the state moves forward on some of those. So that, that will be interesting to watch. What I'm also concerned about is how that plays and what the coast agenda may be. I agree. I agree. Maybe so much noise around the big issues that some of the things that we're looking for. That's why the legislative uh, reception and the legislative delegation and the, the leadership of the Gulf Coast Business Council is so critical to make sure that our issues don't get lost in the fog of the war around those big issues. Anyway, hey, Jamie, we're out of time, but it's been a pleasure to catch up with you, my friend. Happy New Year to you. Hey, thanks again, Ricky. Happy New Year. You bet. You bet. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.